Hey there, I want to take a quick second to thank you for listening to the Focus Point Podcast. I hope that you find a blessing and encouragement through this episode. I hope that you'll share the episode with your family and your friends. If this is one of your first times catching us, or if you want to find out more about us, or if you want to listen to other episodes, please visit thepointoffocus.com, and there you will find our podcast archive as well as more information. Once again, that's thepointoffocus.com, and once again, I thank you for listening to this episode. Well, we are continuing on in our series when God rolls up his sleeves. And I just want to take a brief second to call attention to that series title. When God rolls up his sleeve, that sentence, there's just so much power in that sentence. Especially when we kind of put it with the the, the events of Moses' journey that we've been talking about in this series. When we, when we think about it, when God rolls up his sleeves... That means like he's had enough. Like when you kind of roll up your sleeves, like when something's giving you trouble, maybe it's a part on the car or maybe it's like the dishes or whatever. And you just kind of like, all right, and you roll up your sleeves. It's that moment when you when God rolls up his sleeves, he's coming to fight. He's coming to do battle and he's coming to do it with you and for you. That's enough to just shout about it for a little bit. I mean, God, when he rolls up his sleeves, man, that's just so, such a powerful sentence. If you have a copy of the Bible, sorry, there's no way to do that. Like you kind of start off hot, but we got to get into the Bible. If you have a copy of the Bible, whether it's paper or electronic, go ahead and get it open to Exodus 12 is where we'll be starting today. We're going to be in 13 and 14 as well as we kind of... um, talk about this event in uh, Israel's journey here, but we got to kind of pick it up from different portion, different um, parts of Exodus 12, 13, and 14. And so that's why we're kind of starting here, kind of like we did last week with the um, talking about the plagues and stuff like that. We kind of had to pull together some from different chapters. Um, But really, um, as I think about last week's episode as I think about that episode and we're dealing with Pharaoh and that revelation that God gave me that I've never really seen before and um, I know pastors and teachers that they say this stuff all the time it's like oh I never caught this before and that's true like we can read the Bible but as I've said before on this podcast the Bible is alive and it's active and it breathes and it's useful to correct us to train us to equip us and to rebuke us and all of these things that said in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. And when you couple all that together, you're going to read the Bible one season of life and it's going to stand out to you at a different point. And then you'll read the same text again at a different point in your life. And you'll be like, oh, I didn't see that before. You know, growing up, you know, you see, oh, Pharaoh's heart was stubborn. Pharaoh's heart was stubborn. But what did that cost him? And that's what I um, wanted us to see last week, even for myself. When I, when I look back at the past and even going toward the future, it's like, where has my stubborn heart got in the way of something that God had for me, uh, in, in the way of this this journey that we're on, this journey to the promised land, this entire series that we've been in this entire year? When we, when we look at it like that, like, where have we kind of gone off the rail, kind of gone, like, away from what God has for us because we were just stubborn and we didn't want to answer the call. I told a story um, 
about that when I didn't want to leave the church that I was comfortable in and go to the church that I felt would provide me with some more success and provide me with my with my next steps and kind of push me forward right I, I dug my heels in I had a stubborn heart oh I'm comfortable here I don't want to do like I wouldn't even know where to begin and so Pharaoh we really see that like Pharaoh caused a lot of grief and a lot of drama for Egypt because his heart was stubborn and it even come up to the very last thing when he had the death of the firstborn son from the, the as the Bible says from the king from Pharaoh himself to the lowly servant to even the cattle and all of that like the death of the firstborn and that there will be a loud wailing in Egypt and so now we're going to pick up after that we also talked a little bit about uh the the passover and this the sacrificial lamb which was which was a key moment that i wanted to talk about as in a in a couple episodes from now we're going to um see that kind of come back around and why that's significant so uh we got to kind of catalog that back and uh remember you know the the different rules that they had in order for this this um this lamb to be sacrificed and they couldn't break any of its bones and they had to follow these rules and it had to be without defect and all of that like it's, it's very very important um information as we continue on um in this series and as that will come back around and evidently and, and we'll come back around again in the new testament so it's very key this stuff in exodus especially this first passover and so now that's all happened, right? The plagues, Israel's been plagued for who knows how long, and all that stuff has happened, the hail, the, the locusts, the bugs, the frogs, the Nile turned into blood, the death of the firstborn, all of that has all happened, right? And so Pharaoh, um, as we're going to pick up here, Exodus 12, we're going to be in verses 31 um, through 30 through 42, give or take a little bit, we may paraphrase some, but that's where we're kind of going to be getting our content for this part of the episode. And so, um, verse 31 says, Pharaoh sent for Moses during the night and he says, get out, leave my people and take the rest of the Israelites with you. Go worship the Lord as you have requested. Take your flocks, your herds, as you said, and be gone. Go, but bless me as you leave. All of the Egyptians urged the people of Israel to get out of the land as quickly as possible for they thought we will all die. And so then they they gather up some things, and um, because of this tension, right, because of this way that God has rolled up his sleeve. So not only did he do the plagues to get Pharaoh to do what he said, now the Israelites are in a, in a, in a position because the Egyptians are scared of them. And it says here in verse uh, 36 that they stripped Israel, I'm sorry, they stripped Egypt of their wealth. They, they, they stripped them of their stuff because they were willing to give them whatever they needed that whatever would hurry their the process to get them out. And so they were willing to do it. And then it says here in verse 37, there were about 600,000 men plus all the women and children and uh, a ramble of non-Israelites went with them along with the great flocks and herds of livestock. And so now they've, they've got this massive people. And if you uh, look at um, scholars and commentary, it says like there was over a million people that were leaving this, leaving this, um, this space of Egypt. 
And this is where we're going to kind of see here. So one of the first things that I want to see here is that we've talked about it. And let's I'm going to run the the entire theme as we've been kind of going through this. It says um, God keeps his promises, but we must remain faithful to him even when the future is unclear because faithfulness to God's plans, faithfulness to God's dreams will be rewarded. So have continued faithfulness. That's where we're doing right now. And so God always keeps his promises. That holds true. So let's read verses 40 through 42. And it says the people of Israel had lived in Egypt for 430 years. In fact, it was on the last day of the 430th year that the Lord, uh, that all the Lord's forces left the land. On this night, the Lord kept his promise to bring the people out of the land of Egypt. So this night belongs to him. It must be I can't even say that word. Wow. <laughs> Every year by the Israelites from generation to generation. And so um, if you're reading along with me, you saw what word I was trying to read. So let's just move past it a little bit. So now they are they're, they're free to go. But as we see here. God keeps his promises. He's the promise keeper. And so now we're going let, to, let, let's, let's fast forward, okay? So now they've left, and uh, we're going to be in Exodus 13 here, and uh, verses 17. Verses 17 through 22, and it says, When the Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through the Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. Now, I could spend a whole episode talking about that, and I'm going to talk about it a little bit right here as I'm reading this. Um, and some of the ways I structure these episodes is I read the text, and I kind of have what I want to say, and then I read the text again, and I go with what God would, would want me to say. So if these episodes sometimes seem kind of like they're kind of chaotic or like scattered, it's because when I read the text again, it kind of stands out to me. So when I read that again, the shortest route to the promised land, see, see God doesn't always take us the shortest way. And that frustrates us with our promised lands. Right? God didn't immediately give Abraham a son. He kind of took him the long way around. Even though some of that, as we talked about when we talked about Abraham, some of that was caused by Abraham's own trying to help God. And so then, um, but, but I read that and it's like God doesn't always just quite direct us right to the things that we, we want or that we think we need or whatever. Right? Some of, the, some of our promised land a journey is having faith in God that he's taking us to where he wants us to go. In taking us to where um, we, we best served, where where our um, where we can have life to the full, and where He doesn't want to harm us, but He wants us to have, um, like I said, have life to the full, and He wants us to have a good life, a successful life. And so it says that, and then it says right after that, it says that the people are faced with the battle; they might change their minds and return to Egypt. And it's like so, God wants us so bad, and I just see this now for the first time coming out of this. Um, coming out of these two verses, and I'll read 18 real quick, and then we'll talk a little bit more. And it says, so God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. Thus the Israelites uh, left Egypt like an army ready for battle. And so now, so he took them a, a, a roundabout way. He took them a roundabout way. 
And I wonder as I'm sitting here, like how often, like, do we get frustrated in our roundabout way? I'm not talking about roundabouts, the, the annoying traffic control device that is used that it just, I don't think it matters. People just can't understand how to use it. I'm not talking about those roundabouts. I'm just talking about a roundabout way. He took them the long way. And I wonder how often God takes us the long way because maybe we're not ready yet. He wants us to get to our dreams and he wants us to achieve our goals and he wants us to succeed. But if we go and we get there now, now, and we may not succeed, we may quit. We may think it's too hard. So he takes us a roundabout way to, to build us up, to encourage us, right? And um, so in verse 19, he says that, um, so that's what I see. And then verse 19, it talks about uh, kind of where we talked about at the end of Genesis when um, they were supposed to take Joseph's bones with them, that he wasn't buried. So that that's what verse 19 says. Um, and the Lord, and then it says in verse 21, that the Lord went out ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud and provided light with the pillar of fire at night. This allowed them to travel by day or by night. And the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or the pillar of fire from its place in front of the people. So, first of all, God is a promise keeper. Okay, we already established that. And here, number two, out of this text, we see God is still always with us. I will be with you. God spends, I think, so much text in the Bible talking about being with them. And this isn't the last time as we move forward in this series, when we get to Joshua, I, I will be with you. Like, it, it have, have, have courage and faith and confidence. I will be with you. And he told Moses this all the time. And now it's just this identifiable boom. God is with us. Look at that cloud. Look at that fire. God is with us. So that's number two. Exodus 14. This is where things get hot. Okay, <laughs> this is where, and we're going to start in verse 5. Um, yes, we'll start in verse 5, actually verse 4. You know what, let's just read it from the start. Um, as I kind of look back, I, I picked out, so uh, Exodus 14, verse 1, it says, And the Lord gave these instructions to Moses, ordered the Israelites to turn back from the camp, uh, turn back from the camp at, at the sea. Camp along the shore, then Pharaoh will think the Israelites are confused and are trapped in the wilderness. And once again, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will chase after you. I have planned this in order to display my glory through Pharaoh and his whole army. After this, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. And that sounds familiar again. And it says, so the Israelites camped where they were told. And so I read this text again, and it's like, once again, Pharaoh is going to have a hard heart, and it's going to get in the way again, but this time it's a catastrophic thing. So I, I, once again, I brought it up at the beginning of the episode, and I bring it up again now, this idea of harding, having a hard heart, having a stubborn heart. And so um, we continue the story here. When the word reached the king of Egypt that the Israelites had fled... Pharaoh and their officials changed their minds. What have we done? We let the Israelite slaves get away. It's like they woke up in the morning and nobody could bring them their newspaper and their coffee because they let all the slaves go. Like that that's exactly kind of what it is. Like 
No one helped Pharaoh out of bed in the morning because that slave had been freed. Nobody brought him his coffee. Nobody did anything because they had been freed. And then so um, they asked Pharaoh. Uh, they asked so Pharaoh harnessed his chariots and called all the troops. He took with him six hundred of Egypt's best chariots, along with the rest of the chariots of Egypt, each with its commander. So he's 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 battling up. He's, here we go. Then the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. So he chased after the people of Israel, who had fled. Who, sorry, uh, people of Israel who had left with fists raised in defiance. His heart was stubborn. His heart was hard. Just like God said. If this isn't like the most evident thing that God does what he says, it's so powerful. The Egyptians chased after them with all the forces in Pharaoh's army. All of the horses, all the chariots, all his troops. The Egyptians caught up with the people of Israel as they camped beside the shore of the Red Sea. And I'm skipping over some of these names. One, because I don't really know how to pronounce them. And two, I don't know how to pronounce them. So <laughs> we're just going to kind of do that. And here's where it starts to get nervous for... Because when we don't understand things, right? Even when the future doesn't seem clear, right? That, that That's in part of our theme for this entire uh, series so far. We start to panic, Right? Abraham panicked. Joseph probably panicked a little bit. And then, so verse 10, it says, As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord and to Moses, Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves in Egypt? Why have you done this to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you what would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves in Egypt. It's better than being slaves than a corpse in the wilderness. A little bit drastic here, aren't we? They're not dead yet. And they're already, they're already checking up tombstones in the wilderness because they're going to die there. And they just saw what God did. And I, I always smile and I giggle at these, these Israelite people. And as you journey through their, their story... Uh, as the Old Testament goes on, you kind of like shake your head at them and you want to like, like shake them. Like, what, what are you doing? Right. But oftentimes, like I've been told recently, what about us? We are the Israelite people. And I know like when I heard that for the first time, I was like, oh, that's true. But it also kind of hurt. <laughs> like, what? I'm not an Israelite people. I don't. But how often do we do this? Like, we get all panicked and upset and mad. Like, wouldn't this be better if we were just, we start yelling at God because things aren't going our way. We don't understand. But the point is, is they were no longer slaves in Egypt. And they just watched God do all of the things that he did. And they were still standing here like, we were, we were better off in Egypt. But then this, um, some of my favorite verses right here. In the entire Bible. But Moses said to the people. Do not be afraid. Just stand still. And watch the Lord. Rescue you. Today. The Egyptians you see today. You will never see again. 
the Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. What a what a overwhelming thing. Like the Lord will fight for you. God will fight for you. Stay calm. But that's not easy. Especially in their situation. They're probably like... Stay calm. Hello, Egypt. Egypt's coming after us. What are you talking about? Stay calm. But it's like they haven't seen how God's rolled up his sleeves and he's God's already fought for them. So what makes this any different? God is the same. So we continue on. The Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Pick up your staff and raise it over the sea. Divide the water so that Israel can walk, so Israelites can walk through the middle of the Red Sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they will charge in after you. My glory will be displayed through Pharaoh and his troops and his chariots and his charioteers. When my glory is displayed through them, all Egypt will see my glory and know that I am the Lord. So... Here we go. So now, once again, so now this is zooming in, okay? And they're still camping, and this is what Moses did, okay? Now, you got to use your imagination. So let's let's read it, and then we'll, we'll go, okay? It says, Then Moses raised his hand over the sea. Verse 21. Then Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the Lord opened up a path of, uh, sorry, and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. The wind blew all that night, turning the seabed into dry land. So the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. So now I picture picture this. We got to use our imagination. <laughs> okay? It's it they're crying out to God and Moses and anybody who will listen, help us, right? So Moses, I picture him just kind of sitting out on a rock. Maybe he's just kind of sitting in the sand and, and he's just sitting there and he gets, feels like he's got enough. So he gets up and he just holds his hand out over the sea and then sits back down. Can you imagine? Like, what is going, what is going on? What is like, what is that going to do? Because it says all that night, the wind blew. So it wasn't just like a and like a, like a Prince of Egypt kind of moment. Even though that's cool. Cool movie. Cool moment. The Bible indicates that it took the night. It took all that night. And it says in verse 24. I'm sorry, verse 23. It says, The Egyptians chased them into the middle of the sea. But just before dawn, the Lord looked down on Egyptian army from the pillar of fire and threw their forces into total confusion. He twisted their chariots and made the chariots difficult to drive. Let's get out of here, away from the Israelites, the Egyptians shouted. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. When all the Israelites reached the other side, the Lord said to Moses, raise your hand over the sea again. Then the waters will rush back and cover over the Egyptian and their chariots and their charioteers. So as the sun began to rise, Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the water rushed back to its usual place. The Israelite, the Egyptians tried to escape, but the, uh, but the Lord swept them into the sea. 
Then the waters returned and covered all of the chariots and the chariots tears. All of the Egyptians who had chased the Israelites into the sea, not a single, not a single one survived. But the Israelites had walked through on dry ground. And the water stood up like a wall on both sides. And the Lord had rescued Israel from the hand of the Egyptians that day. And the Israelites saw the bodies of the Egyptians wash up on the seashore. When the people of Israel saw the mighty power that the Lord had unleashed against the Egyptians, they were filled with awe. And they put their faith in the Lord and in his servant, Moses. I want to conclude here. Two other parts. First of all, as we see this, uh, he's a miracle worker. He worked a miracle here. Like bodies of water don't just stand up on dry ground, right? He, they don't just. And that he is a fighting waymaker. So he he performed a miracle. So the water stood up, and he made a way for them to go through on dry ground. And the Israelites did. And just like God said, just like Moses said, they never saw the Israelites, the Egyptians again. And I think about this event. It says here, our key word, like continued faithfulness. Like when I first started planning this series, this overall year long series, I hadn't identified that faith would be a theme. And I don't know why. Once again, it's one of those things. Like, you read these stories. I've read Genesis and Exodus. I've heard these stories since I was a wee little person. And faith never jumped out at me. But it really has this time. It's another instance of reading the Bible at different parts in your life with certain kinds of lenses. Like, pick a word like faith and read the Bible. And see what God shows you. It's it's the lens that we look at this stuff through. And so, um, so, so let's, let's talk about it. First of all. God's a promise keeper, right? God is always with us. He's a miracle worker. And he's a way maker. And all that time, God is fighting for us. He is for us. He doesn't want anything to happen to us. He didn't want anything to happen to the Israelites. But he still wants them to have faith and that's the, the journey that they embark on as they start this time with Moses here. As they now on the other side of the Red Sea, that they, they, they start this journey of continued faithfulness with God and with Moses and with later on Joshua. And, and so I think about these things and I just want to leave you with that. Just those thoughts. How God is a promise keeper. God is, a, um, God is with us. God is a miracle worker, and God is a way maker. Those things stand out all in this text. And it's true for us as we journey along this, this, the, in, in this journey to the promised land, this journey to our goals and our dreams. As we go with God, it's important to know all those things about him. That he's going to keep his promise to us. That he's, that he's with us. That he's providing miracles for us daily that we don't even know about. I like how many, like we, we can identify a miracle. Like when we drop something on our foot and it doesn't like cut our toe off or something like, Oh, that was a miracle. But what about the things that are unseen? Like when we leave a little bit later and 
we don't know like what we missed, but maybe it was a miracle that we left later because something happened and we don't even know about it. Like how often of those things that God is one, because we seem to forget. Yeah, I know I do that God's in control and that none of this stuff operates without him. And so I, I think about that and then um he's he so so he's a miracle worker. And he's a way maker. And that is just he, he makes a he makes a way for us. And if I could add another one, God fights for us. God is there for us and he fights for us. And that is so, so encouraging and so important to understand. Because Israel has got to learn that. And Israel had seen that. And we read it the benefit of hindsight when we read these stories. We see what they just saw all that they saw in Egypt, right? All of the plagues, all of these things that they saw. And they still have trouble trusting God. Yeah, and so do we. Like I said, the, the person that told me when, he, when I was like kind of giggling at Israel, and, and often we do because when, when you read it, it's just kind of like, well, that's us. Like, but when you think about it, it's really representing us and our relationship with God and our journey with God sometimes. The ups and downs and the roller coaster ride that is there because. We're just like Israel. We kind of dig our heels in and we complain and we, we don't see what's going on because maybe God's got us in the roundabout sort of way to get to where we're going. But we keep taking little like detours when God is just trying to get us. Ultimately, God is trying to get us to what we want. But we need to do our part too. God is not going to just give us what we want. That's evident too. Like in these stories, God didn't just like walk in there and take Israel and go. God didn't just stand the water up on end and let Israel go with no need to trust him and with no need to have faith in him. That's not what God is trying to do. God is trying to teach faithfulness. And so once again, I'm going to say them and kind of leave you with those for this week. But God is a promise keeper. God is with us. God is a miracle worker. God is a way maker. And God is fighting for us every day. So I hope you were encouraged by this today. And I hope you'll come back next week uh, for a very special episode. I'm excited for this episode. Um, and I uh, hope you'll come back for it and kind of join in the celebration. So um, I hope to catch you next time.